Yeah, Corden today, uh, we got Frank Kay and just literally one of them people you meet in recovery and you just hope they come back to your group or you just meet them somewhere. Then unfortunate to know that on any day on a Sunday, six o'clock my time, one o'clock his time, I can meet him there. Um, just, yeah, just love this guy dearly. And uh, just thank you, Frank, for being Frank. And uh, with that, we Frank be Frank. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Tous Nouveau. Uh, Frank, alcoholic and drug addict, and today is my anniversary. Um, 28 years, and a uh, lifetime just keeps popping into my head. It just—it's been a lifetime, really. But it was great to see so many of you guys um, that I've known for so long that I consider my friends um, come here and support me. If I was in a more emotional state, I'd probably be overwhelmed. Uh, you know, I've been in A most of my life. Speaking in a meeting, telling my story was always like business. Look at these pelicans. These are my favorite birds. Uh, I just love how they fly. Uh, my yeah, so I'm down in uh, Tampa, Florida, uh, living in a motorhome with my dog. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's so weird. I do my, my Sunday meeting, it's a check in meeting. And uh, I usually start that meeting off just by sharing what's going on in my daily life, what I'm dealing with lately or whatever. Um, it's been a long time since I've told my story. But, um, yeah, I got sober up in Ohio, um, right on the shores of Lake Erie, that's where I grew up. So I've always been around water. Um, I have uh, older brothers, older sister, none of which are in the recovery. Uh, my mom is suffering from alcoholic dementia right now, and she lives with my brother whose house I parked at the motorhome, so I get to help out and take care of her. Uh, we just went to uh, lunch yesterday with my other brother, who's down here from Ohio as well. And we had a nice lunch on the water yesterday uh, with my mom, so that was nice. Yeah. Hey, uh... I don't know how much of a childhood I want to go through. Uh, I was just a mischievous kid. I was a troubled kid. Um, I lied a lot. I stole. I cheated all through school. But you know, I did pretty good at school. Um, I didn't really have to study much. And I was pretty good at all the tests. And I did graduate somehow. Um, but by then, I had already been introduced to AAA. My first... Uh, First DUI, I think, got me to, they sent me to AA meetings. It was court ordered. That's what they do here in the States. For those of you in other countries, if you get in trouble drinking, they send you to AA meetings and you have to go. It's part of your sentence. And uh, that's how I got exposed to AA when I was uh, 16, 17 years old. And I was really a mess at that point. You know, I was in high school and really couldn't handle my emotions at all. I was angry all the time. And... You know, I started drinking 10, 11, started smoking weed about 12, and I loved it. And I just loved it. It was a metamorphosis for me, and the effects of alcohol were just incredible. It was, uh, you know, before, it was like I found the secret to life, or like I found my youth. Um, and I tried to do it as often as I could, and I really didn't like being sober, ever. So I always like to be under the influence of something, whatever I could get my hands on. You know, as a child, you know, I did a lot of 
paint and glue. I was huffing paint, huffing glue, and sniffing gas. It was just anything to get high off of, you know, knowing I couldn't get a hold of anything else. But yeah, it was my family that exposed me to drinking in the, in the beginning. I, it was a wedding. I got hammered. Um, and I loved it, like I said. And I, you know, that was, that was always the problem. It's like I loved it. I could just never control how much I drank when I started drinking. Um, yeah, and I felt great when I did drink. And the, the consequences were totally worth it to me. Um, the hangovers and the, you know, I was a, I vomited, threw up a lot. I drove, I had to dry heaves a lot. And uh, you know, I, like the first couple of times, I said I'm never doing that again. And you know, I never, and I went right back to it. It was, it was worth it to me to to, to do it. Um, it. It just felt like there was something missing, and that was the missing link. I always try to keep it. And that was, you know, and that turned into my priority in life. It was just um, staying under the influence whenever I could, as long as I could. And that caused me a lot of problems you know, with the, you know, the police and the school systems and uh, employers. Um, yeah, so I came in AA the first time, and um, and it made sense to me because I, you know, I've been suicidal a few times up to that point. Just thinking that, you know, shit, if this is how it's going to be my whole life. I'm just going to drink and get in trouble and drink and get in trouble. And let's just cash out now. And, you know, I didn't really feel all that great anyways. Um, even before, you know, anything happened or the drinking started. It's not like I was a happy-go-lucky, you know, let's go um, learn all I can and experience everything I can kind of kid. I was just a... You know, I, I spent most of the time alone, wandering in the woods, you know, fishing. And, um, I'd go out on the lake when it was frozen, and I just, I just really loved the isolation. I, I just didn't really enjoy being around people. You know, I felt less than and not as good as and all that. Um, and drinking changed all that. It, it allowed me to be a part of the world. And it's just, you know, the... The social aspect of drinking was, was key for me. Um, like I said, it felt like something was missing, and that, that gave me the courage or the comfort, the ease to, to handle social situations. Um, and then I came in AA, and you know, AA was perfect for me. You know, I met just the right people at just the right time. Um, you know, it was like they were saying, Frank, you're not a bad kid. You're just, you just have a drinking problem and try this, you know. And, and I really found a home there. People seemed to really genuinely care about me. And I hadn't really experienced much of that in the world up to that point. Um, there was this guy, Ernie, I'll never forget. And Ernie was the first guy I ever heard talk about sniffing glue at an AA meeting. And, you know, it shocked the audience. Back then, that was back in the 80s. And you just didn't talk about doing drugs at meetings. And uh, Ernie did. And, and I finally, I, there was somebody like me that was just as weird, just as fucked up as I was. And I walked up and talked to Ernie. We became friends. But um, before that ever happened, he was one of those guys that, you know, I would shake his hand when I was getting my slip sign for court. And he would say, how are you doing? And I'd say, oh, fine. You know, and I always looked at the ground. I wasn't like a looking eye kind of person. And, um. You know, Ernie, when I went to walk away, he didn't let go of my hand. 
and he kind of jerked me into reality. I was like, you know, and I looked up at him, I was like, what's up? And he's like, no, Frank, really, how are you? And it just really like broke up. It changed something dramatically. It kind of broke through whatever defenses I had. You know, he just reached in and cared about me. I just, it, it was definitely, it really had a big impact on me. On me and, um, and, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I got active. I made coffee. I set up tables and chairs. And, and there was a lot of young people back then. And we would, you know, go to picnics. And, um, we had a softball team. And, um, it was just real social. We just had a, a lot, of, a lot of fun back then. And they had AA dances, you know, and and that was really funny. You know, you'd see the old people that, the older people that that had really spent a lot of time drinking and dancing in the bars, and before they could really dance at the AA meeting dances. Um, they just that was just part of their, their personality or whatever. Um, yeah, but you know that was that was really good. For me. And then I, I met a girl. I got her pregnant, and uh, I started working sixty hour sixty hours a week to you know start providing a, a you know a nest for us. Um, you know, and a lot of people you know whatever about what everybody thought I should do. I mean, I was 19, newly sober, and and I just didn't feel right about uh, not having that baby, so we kept it, and uh, we did the best we could. And, you know, we, and there were some really, really good, genuine good things that happened um, during that time period. But, you know, I, I cut down on my meetings, you know, because I was working so much, and I went out of town with my brothers this one weekend, and, uh, and I thought, you know, I was really stressed, you know, just from the whole, all, everything. And I thought I could party one weekend out of the year and come back and be sober. And, um, you know, that didn't work. I, I uh, picked up and partied with my brothers. And, you know, they welcomed me back with open arms. They, they didn't really like me getting sober. They didn't really like me going to AA. Um, they were happy to have me drinking and using drugs with them again. And, uh and I understand that, you know, being on both sides of it. Um, you know, there was a possibility I would tell the wrong person the truth about my family and they could get in trouble. So I could understand their standoffishness during my sobriety. But like I said, they were really happy to have me back. Um, and then I came back to AA and it just wasn't that safe place that it had become for me. You know, cause I just felt really comfortable there. And I spent a lot of time. I went to meetings all the time and I just really liked it. Um, and you know, I, I hadn't told anybody that I picked up and then I grabbed my sponsor and I said, Hey man, when I went to Indianapolis with my brothers, I picked up and he's like, man, I got a bag in my car. And it turned out my sponsor, who was this golden child in AA, um, had been smoking pot the whole time. So I call him my pot smoking sponsor. So out of all the people I knew in AA, I just picked the wrong guy to tell that me and him were off and running. And, uh, so instead of going to meetings, me and him would, you know, I, my wife thought I was going to meetings, and me and him would go get high and go to the movies, or we'd go get high and play golf, or go get high and go fishing. And uh, you know, we did that for a long time. And then I got a cold, and I started drinking cough medicine, and I got hooked on that. And I had done a lot of that in high school. It was just one of those things you could get away with. Um, drinking alcohol in, in high school was very dangerous, with lots of consequences. And uh, drinking cough medicine was easy. You know, they couldn't smell it. They couldn't tell. 
and you got the alcohol buzz, and then you got a nice dopey buzz. So I, I really loved it. So I just kept it in my locker and drank cough medicine all through high school. Um, so yeah, I picked up cough medicine. I got, like I said, I got a cold, and then I got addicted to that again. And then me and him were out one night. We go down to this bar, and I got this little bottle of cough medicine in my pocket. And I said, you know what? This is stupid. Just give me a rum and coke. And then it was like I never stopped. I was right back to drinking uh, all the time heavy. It's like I announced to everybody in my life that I was drinking again. And uh, I tried that sober thing once and didn't like it. And I wasn't going back to AA, no matter how many people said suggested it or thought I should. Um, you know, and there was just as much support for me to drink as there was for me not to drink um, in my world, in my family, the people I knew. So it was easy to slide in and out. But it just got progressively worse. And things kept getting worse and worse. And I had a couple more kids. And um, you know, our relationship suffered. And then I started drinking around the clock. You know, that was never much for that, that whole thing, like you shouldn't drink in the morning. I, I was like, why not drink in the morning? That's, you know, why not start the day that way? And, uh, and I got physically addicted to alcohol. And then I got into the late stages of alcoholism, and I knew what was going on, and I couldn't do anything about it. And on the other hand, I really didn't care. Um, at that point, I was pretty miserable and um, didn't really care if I dragged myself to death, and I was hoping for the end. And, uh, you know, I had three beautiful kids and a wife, and I didn't really care, to be honest. Um, yeah, and then so, you know, I got in an argument with my wife, and and I left, and I, I had a pickup truck and a motorcycle, and I decided to be safe and take the bicycle out. And uh, she said she was calling the police because I, you know, I was hammered and, um, in her eyes. To me, it was just a normal Saturday. But I was growing all this pot in my basement, and, <laughs> and I didn't want to get caught with all this pot. I mean, because it was obvious. As soon as you opened the side door, you could smell pot. And I, I didn't want the police to come in the house, so I figured I'd meet them on the road, and I'd be safer. So I took the bicycle and I figured I wouldn't get any more trouble. I'd just get like a puff of Pintox. And uh, they they gave me a DUI and a bicycle and they took my driver's license away. And uh, <laughs> I was like, what? You can't do that. And they're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, we can. And uh, so that was my second DUI and uh, a lot more consequences. Um, I had done 30 days in a workhouse in between time for criminal damaging. When I was 18, now I'm 26, and they sent me back to AA. And I said, you know, <laughs> just don't send me back to those meetings. You know, I'll take the jail time. I've done that before. Don't send me back to the goddamn AA meetings. And uh, you know, that was the last thing I wanted. But there was a big part of me that was really scared about what I'd become and, uh, and how physically addicted I was. And, Right. There was a part of me that wanted to come back and get sober again. And, and by coming to meetings, that part got bigger and bigger. The willingness came back, and uh, I fell right back in the habit of going to meetings and being sober. And uh, I, I always give a credit to save the life again. Without, I need AA. I was thinking that today, driving around. I need AA. And I'm not ashamed to say that. I need to go to meetings. I need to be around with their alcohol. You know, thank Jimmy for starting to snore because this has been like the greatest 
safest, supportive place I've ever been. With people I can really trust. And I call friends. I consider all, you know, everybody that comes to Tucson all my friends. Um, although yeah, I've only met two of you in person, it's all been worldwide. And I think it's really cool that I got friends in Ireland, um, France, and Greece. Um, and, you know, I, it's like when COVID happened, you know, I just started coming back to AA. I, I, had, I mean, I could tell you all kinds of stuff that happened out of my sobriety. Um, I did have some mental health issues. I had brain surgeries, and um, they put me on Ativan, which is a benzo. And even because I was sober, I never picked up over it. I didn't want to come into AA on that, and which which is crazy looking at it now. I mean, AA is the best place for me to go under any condition, uh, under any under the influence of anything. Um, but at the time, you know, I'd grown up in that hardcore old school AA. It was just, you know, you just tough it out. You don't talk to therapists. You don't. On medication, you know, the 12 steps are enough. You just gotta find a higher power and your shit together. And that just, that's never been the case for me. I just needed more, and uh, the medication worked for a long time. And, uh, and then, you know, I, I started isolating, I quit going to meetings, and I got really crazy, really sick. Um, my mental illness was, was out of control, I was suicidal, antisocial. I just didn't leave the house. It's really hard for me to get out of the house. The anxiety was really high. Then, uh, then uh, um, COVID happened, and it was like the perfect thing for me because Zoom started, and I was and I just started coming back to in-person meetings before that happened. And uh, and I found Zoom, and it, you know, the, one of the first people I heard talk, I got real emotional along with. They were getting emotional while they were talking. And I was on the other side of the screen a thousand miles away and I was getting emotional with them. I was like, man, this is the real deal. This isn't like some substitute. This is this is AA for me. And that's there was never any more thought about going to Zoom. I really like Zoom. Um, I got active in a Zoom meeting in Ohio and that's where I met Jimmy and uh, Amy and Mark. <laughs> me and Mark, man, we spent hours and hours on Zoom. In the first couple of years, and we'd be all night. It'd be all night for me. It'd be all night for him. Um, it was just really good. And you know, slowly I got better. I got off the medications. That was uh, that was before I. I uh, yeah, I think I was off a year before I resumed that. So yeah, I, I haven't had any medications in like three years, four years. And, uh, but the thought of it still pops into my head because I still struggle with depression a lot. You know, even though I'm down here in this beautiful setting in this beautiful state, you know, I still, I'm still not happy. Um, not as happy as I, I could be or I have been in the past. Uh, you know, a lot of that is still, I, I'm still isolating, um, and I'm not working. And, and working would definitely make me feel better about myself. Um, but I don't really need to, so I'm not. You know, but I do do projects occasionally, and side jobs for my brother, whoever needs help, and uh, that helps a lot. Um, but yeah, so like 28 years, how does that feel? You know, this is not the best I've ever been, but I'm still sober, and that's the that's the key. 
that's always been the key. I still go to meetings, even though it's only it's my Sunday meeting recently. You know, I can change that anytime. I can pick up more meetings and find better meetings that I like. And that's something I definitely should be to shit on myself a little bit. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm forever grateful for Tuesday New what and for the friends I have here. If I really thought about it, um, it's, it's like I said, it'd be overwhelming. And same with my kids. You know, two of my kids are sober. My son's got 13 years. My daughter's got over two years. And, and my daughter's down here in Florida. My son's still back up in Ohio. So I get to spend a lot of time with her and my granddaughter and my great-grandson, which is really what brought me down to Florida in the first place. Because I, the pandemic of COVID, I never met my great-grandson. So that prompted me to come down here, and I just haven't left. Feeding all these pelicans over here. These guys must have just got off a boat. Got uh, their fish thrown all those pelicans. These are the things you see in Florida. Um, yeah, and there were some dolphin daughters swimming around earlier. Uh, I think they were fighting over a fish. And so that was pretty cool to see. But, you know, there's many days when I don't leave the house. You know, I just stay home and for whatever reason. And I really should be out more. Well, the weather's breaking now. I mean, it was so hot before. I just didn't want to leave. I didn't want to do nothing. It was so hot. Now it's nice and cool and sunny. And, um, so hopefully we can get more active. I've been fishing a lot more lately, which is really good for me. It was good for me in Ohio, too. Um, just to get out of the house, change the scenery, get active, get some exercise, get some blood flowing. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Um, thank you all for coming, showing your support, that, that meant a lot to me, even though I haven't been able to show it right now. I'm still in that AA game phase, that work, work phase, or whatever, that work mode, AA mode. But yeah, you know, I, I'm a big believer in AA. I hope I never leave again. But thanks everybody for coming, that's all I got.